Rinkatink in Oz. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Chapter 16 Narrated by Melissa. Rinkatink in Oz by L. Frank Baum. Chapter 16 Nicobob Refuses a Crown. Almost the first persons that Zella saw when she landed from the silver-lined boat at Regos were her father and mother. Nicobob and his wife had been greatly worried when their little daughter failed to return from Corregos, so they had set out to discover what had become of her. When they reached the city of Regos that very morning, they were astonished to hear news of all the strange events that had taken place. Still, they found comfort when told that Zella had been seen in the boat of Prince Enga, which had gone to the north. Then, while they wondered what this could mean, the silver-lined boat appeared again, with their daughter in it, and they ran down to the shore to give her a welcome and many joyful kisses. Inga invited the good people to the palace of King Ghost, where he conferred with them, as well as with Rinkatink and Bilbil. Now that the king and queen of Regos and Corregos have run away, he said, there is no one to rule these islands. So it is my duty to appoint a new ruler. And as Nicobob, Zella's father, is an honest and worthy man, I shall make him the king of the twin islands. Me? cried Nicobob, astounded by this speech. I beg your highness, on my bended knees, not to do so cruel a thing as to make me king. Why not? inquired Rinkatink. I'm a king, and I know how it feels. I assure you, good Nicobob, that I quite enjoy my high rank, although a jeweled crown is rather heavy to wear in hot weather. With you, noble sir, it is different, said Nicobob. For you are far from your kingdom in its trials and worries, and may do as you please. But to remain in Regos as king over these fierce and unruly warriors would be to live in constant anxiety and peril, and the chances are that they would murder me within a month. As I have done no harm to anyone, and have tried to be a good and upright man, I do not think that I should be condemned to such a dreadful fate. Very well, replied Inga. We will say no more about your being king. I merely wanted to make you rich and prosperous as I had promised Zella. Please, forget that promise, pleaded the charcoal burner earnestly. I have been safe from molestation for many years, because I was poor, and possessed nothing that anyone else could envy. But if you make me rich and prosperous, I shall at once become the prey of thieves and marauders, and probably will lose my life in the attempt to protect my fortune. Inga looked at the man in surprise. What, then, can I do to please you? he inquired. Nothing more than to allow me to go home, to my poor cabin, said Nicobob. Perhaps, remarked King Rinkatink, the charcoal burner has more wisdom concealed in that hard head of his than we gave him credit for. But let us use that wisdom for the present to counsel us what to do in this emergency. What you call my wisdom, said Nicobob, is merely common sense. I have noticed that some men become rich and are scorned by some and robbed by others. Other men become famous and are mocked at and derided by their fellows. But 
the poor and humble man who lives unnoticed and unknown escapes all these troubles and is the only one who can appreciate the joy of living if i had a hand instead of a cloven hoof i'd like to shake hands with you nickabob said bill bill the goat but the poor man must not have a cruel master or he is undone during the council they found indeed that the advice of the charcoal burner was both shrewd and sensible and they profited much by his words Angie gave captain buzzub the command of the warriors and made him promise to keep his men quiet and orderly, if he could. Then the boy allowed all of King Goss's former slaves, except those who came from Pingaree, to choose what boats they required, and to stock them with provisions, and row away to their own countries. When these had departed, with grateful thanks and many blessings showered upon the boy prince, who had set them free, Inga made preparations to send his own people home, where they were told to rebuild their houses, and then erect a new royal palace. They were then to await patiently the coming of King Kitticut or Prince Inga. My greatest worry, said the boy to his friends, is to know whom to appoint to take charge of this work, of restoring Pingaree to its former condition. My men are all pearl fishers and although willing and honest, have no talent for directing others how to work. While the preparations for departure were being made, Nicobob offered to direct the men of Pangaree, and did so in a very capable manner. As the island had been despoiled of all its valuable furniture and draperies, and rich cloths and paintings and statuary and the like, as well as gold and silver and ornaments, Inga thought it no more than just that they be replaced by the spoilers. So he directed his people to search through the storehouses of King Goss, and to regain all their goods and chattels that could be found. Also he instructed them to take as much else as they required to make their new homes comfortable, so that many boats were loaded full of goods that would enable the people to restore Pangaree to its former state of comfort. For his father's new palace, the boy plundered the palaces of both Queen Cor and King Goss, sending enough wares away with his people to make King Kitticut's new residence as handsomely fitted and furnished as had been the one which the ruthless invaders from Regos had destroyed. It was a great fleet of boats that set out one bright, sunny morning on the voyage to Pangaree, carrying all the men, women, and children, and all the goods for refitting their homes. As he saw the fleet depart, Prince Inga felt that he had already successfully accomplished a part of his mission. But he vowed he would never return to Pingaree in person until he could take his father and mother there with him, unless indeed King Goss wickedly destroyed his beloved parents, in which case Inga would become king of Pingaree, and it would be his duty to go to his people and rule over them. It was while the last of the boats were preparing to sail for Pangaree that Nicobob, who had been of great service in getting them ready, came to Inga in a thoughtful mood and said, Your Highness, my wife and my daughter Zella have been urging me to leave Regos and settle down in your island, in a new home. From what your people have told me, Pingaree is a better place to live than Regos, and there are no cruel warriors or savage beasts there to keep one in constant fear for the safety of those he loves. 
Therefore I have come to ask to go with my family in one of the boats. Inga was much pleased with this proposal, and not only granted Nicobar permission to go to Pengaree to live, but instructed him to take with him sufficient goods to furnish his new home in a comfortable manner. In addition to this, he appointed Nicobar general manager of the buildings and of the pearl fisheries, until his father, where he himself arrived. And the people approved this order, because they liked Nicobar, and knew him to be just and honest. Soon as the last boat of the great flotilla had disappeared from the view of those left at Regos, Enga and Rinkatink prepared to leave the island themselves. The boy was anxious to overtake the boat of King Goss, if possible, and Rinkatink had no desire to remain in Regos. Bazub and the warriors stood silently on the shore and watched the black boat with its silver lining depart, and I am sure they were as glad to be rid of their unwelcome visitors as Enga and Rinkatink and Bilbil were to leave. The boy asked the White Pearl what direction the boat of King Goss had taken, and then he followed after it, rowing hard and steadily for eight days, without becoming at all weary. But although the black boat moved very swiftly, it failed to overtake the barge, which was rowed by Queen Cor's forty picked oarsmen. End of chapter 16